Welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. That's right, we're your number one place to go if you really hate running and you want other people to talk about it in your ears. Um, So Amy, I was at a podcast conference yesterday because that's the kind of cool person I am. I take days off work to go to conferences. I thought my conference days were over, but oh no, it was back. It must have been an amazing conference then if you you went to all that effort. Well, it was all about podcasts, so I thought who cooler Mm -hmm. to go than me. It was kind of odd because it was like a very BBC big broadcast journalist uh, oriented kind of day which is kind of odd for me because I don't I don't think I listen to any of the big podcasts I know the names of lots of them I've seen them on the top of the charts and things but I don't think I actually listen to them I think the ones I listen to are ones a bit more like this where it's just a couple of people chatting about stuff so that was very odd to hear about funding and commissioning and what the BBC won and how to get to the top of the charts and I was like yeah I'm not kind of that interested in all of that Hold on, we are the top of the charts, aren't we? In certain countries, certain, you know certain territories. I just had a look. We're number four, the fourth best sports podcast in Latvia, according to Charts. Hey, so, so that's, that's why you were invited as guest of honour. Yeah, thank you very much to all of our Latvian fans. <laughs> Amy, have you got some bullshit for us this week? Okay, I don't want to shock anyone. If you're not seated, take a seat. If you are out for a run at the moment, just slow yourself down. If there's a bench nearby... Yeah. Just uh, just plonk yourself down. Just slow yourself. Get ready. Okay. I went for two runs this week. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Oh, spit take all over the mic. Oh, my God. <laughs> the week's not over. It's, it, as we're recording this right now, it's Saturday, and a run might happen tomorrow as well. Whoa, That'll be come on. Three runs. I'm up to seven miles this week. So another run tomorrow. Might do a cheeky 10K. Might get up to 13 miles, you know. You know what? You know they're supposed to. You're supposed to increase your distance by ten percent a week. I think you're on about six hundred and ten percent so far. I'm just, yeah, I'm just going for it. I haven't got time to do that. Just got to get on with it. <laughs> just bang it out. <laughs> Tra- training advice from Amy. Don't know, if you've had like three months off, don't worry about building your mileage gradually. Just, just get on with it. Because you used to be able to run that distance, so you probably can now. To be honest, to be absolutely fair, it wasn't completely awful. I'm having to be careful more because my knees a bit dodgy. So, you know. Th- Last week, I went to the gym and then I ran home. Isn't that was, the worst thing ever, though? It was fucking awful. <laughs> and it was the thing is, as well, it, it was the first time I'd been to the gym since I looked in my logbook since October. And it was a really hard session anyway, but also because I hadn't been for so long, my legs were killing me. And then as I came out of the gym, I thought, right, do I book a taxi home or do I run? I thought, no, 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 I'll run, I'll run. It's about a mile and a half back, not far. It was awful. And it was winding and winding and it was windy and raining. And it was just, my legs just felt like absolute lead and it was horrific. But gone with it, did it. You're a runner again. Congratulations. I am, I am. Yeah, so if anyone's, I've seen lots of people liking my runs on Strava, probably rather sarcastically, my little <laughs> runs that I've been doing. So thanks for that. Thanks for the support. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, running from the gym. I think we can definitely put that in the bullshit column. Oh, I. You know what? Running to the gym would have been better. I think. I don't know. I've never run to the gym before. But when I when I looked outside, it was all rainy and like windy. I thought, no, I'm not going to get to the gym if I run there. So I'll run back. But not the best idea yeah well speaking of bullshit amy i did a fell race last week what i was telling people was quite an easy fell race or relatively easy for a fell race it was about four miles about 300 meters of elevation 
And uh, as I finished, a uh, decent way ahead of a friend of mine who's a much, much better runner than me, but hasn't done much off-road. She said it was the hardest race she's ever done. And I was very happy oh about God. that. However, this week, I also did my long run a little bit early, um, just because I've got things to do tomorrow. And again, as I've banged on about in the past, I did the Wales Coast Path. And I thought the next closest mm. bit to me uh, is Port Talbot to Swansea. And let me tell you, Lovely. when... That- when Visit Wales are talking about the Wales Coast Path, they're not talking about Port Talbot to Swansea. Fuck me, what a route. I mean, you can just assume from that description, Port Talbot to Swansea, that it's going to be pretty grim. But I saw your pictures yeah. as well, and they weren't the most picturesque pictures. Now, for people that don't know the area, Port Talbot is very much still a steel town. Um, there's a lot of industry there still, and the coast path does not run along the coast because the coast isn't really safe to go down. Um, so you run along dual carriageways and down residential streets. Uh, and then more dual carriageways and we finally got out to the coast we got to Aberavon which to be fair was actually quite nice it's a few miles of a beach and promenade I was actually gutted because the mini golf was closed that was the plan to have a break there but never mind so we carried on and once we got off the beach I actually ran on the beach for about a mile as well which was that bit was okay and then it was back up uh, into some trails past some I don't know like power stations uh, back onto the roads then another dual carriageway on a huge bridge then over the top of a tip so that was fun we could see all the containers full of broken glass and bits of plastic and wood and that was really nice bit um and then into swansea uh along another few miles of dual carriageway and then we turned away from the coast to run alongside a canal which was again okay but not great because that was very muddy and then into swansea like through I don't know, like a complex of like hotels and office buildings and then to a kind of a key at the end. And then that was the finish. And it was just really awful. I posted photos of like, oh, the beautiful Wales Coast Path and just all the shittiest bits where people had dumped rubbish and just like power stations pumping out fumes and all kinds of things. And Jesus, that's a section I will never, ever do again. And hopefully no one else ever will. Beautiful South Wales. Beautiful, beautiful South Wales. But I filled in a huge chunk of the South Coast now. I'm very happy with that. Because it looks good on my map, and that's the main thing to me. You've got to get it done. Got to get it done. That's long running for you. You're not supposed to enjoy it. <laughs> Amy, big news. <gasps> big news. We've got merch. we finally got proper hey! merch. And it's pretty decent stuff as well. Yeah, it's what the people have asked for. We've been inundated. So if you go to shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash running is bullshit, not a great URL for audio purposes. Um, we'll try and do something about that we'll put the link in the show notes and on facebook and twitter and everywhere um spreadshirt.co.uk um there's a a great selection there of t-shirts and hoodies and hats and bags and as we teased last time dog bandanas the main thing it's the main thing if you want a dog bandana with our logo on it for some reason you can you can buy that now I have, well, my mum, actually, one of our Patreon supporters, uh, bought a dog bandana for my oh, dog, my little puppy, Billy. I know. It is a bit big for him. I think he needs to grow into it. He'll grow like into it. like a Great Dane bandana. But trying to get it on him was this whole <laughs> other story. He was going absolutely feral, biting me. And I managed to just about get it on him and get him to sit down for a couple of seconds, take some pictures. But it was a challenge. Uh, well, from looking after him for a couple of hours last week, him biting you just seems like normal for him. He's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone wants uh, a little corgi puppy, let me oh, tweet don't. us. <laughs> let me know. 
You can have him for free. I mean, if you like your toes being bitten all the time and every time they move, yeah. he's the puppy for you. Oh, yeah. He was going completely feral the other day when I took him out for a walk and he was running around the grass and he started biting my legs. And when I went to grab him to stop him, he started biting my hands as well. I'm like, what is this? Why would anyone want a puppy? Absolute nightmare. It was funny, though. And this is the last thing I'll say about the dog, you know, it's the last dog update I'll do. Took him to the vets today for his kennel cough, which if you have dogs, you know, it goes up the nose. Um, And when we first took him in for his other injections, his final set of jabs, you know, we're expecting him to be upset about it and to not like it, but he was absolutely fine. He was really relaxed. Didn't even know he'd done them. Um, so we took him in for his kennel cough, and the vet said, you know, he might not like this one because it's up the nose, and their noses are very sensitive. So we're, like, bracing ourselves for him to be really upset and, and, and become really nervous about the vets. We had no idea the vet had even done it. He just sat there. He just sat in our arms, just like, no big deal. And just walked out like it was completely normal to have someone nice. shot up his nose. So... He's a very strange dog. He absolutely loves the vets. <laughs> oh, well, good for him. That's handy. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. That, that's the dog update. <laughs> Getting him used to being dressed in things is going to pay off for years, though. I know. We did find as well, like, this little almost shell suit for him. Because oh. the thing is, whenever we take him out, because he's a corgi, his um, belly always gets really wet and muddy. So I do kind of want something. I'm not, you know, I'm not a dressing up dog sort of person, but I do want something oh, so we don't be. have to wash him down every time but they had like a little shell suit but he wasn't having any of that today he wasn't he was not happy about trying that on so when he's a bit older (laughs) he needs a corgi shell suit well if you head to our shop now which we're going to link in lots of places you can buy our logo on your clothes and if you want our logo slapped on anything else let us know and we'll see what we can do unfortunately there's no running gear the only breathable t-shirt they have is white and that won't work for our logo they also have boxer shorts but again only in white if they were black ones we would definitely have them yeah it's not on brand it's not on brand we can't have can't have white boxer shorts that'd be ridiculous black or brown only on the last episode, Jonathan Carter was very happy that you told him to fuck off, Amy. He says that's a life goal completed. Did I? I, I I'm, I'm trying to remember when I read this. I'm trying to remember what what was the context? You were getting defensive about Finley. Oh yeah, he said about dogs barking. Was he the one that was talking about the dog barking in the background? Yeah. 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 Fuck off, John. <laughs> Can I call you John? I don't care. I call you John anyway. <laughs> That's what you get. (laughs) We also had a poll of whose New Zealand accent was the worst when reading out things from Emma. 82% of people said Amy's was worse, which is correct. Yeah, I'll take that, mate. Shrimp on the barbie. That's Australian, but can't do New Zealand. It's barely even that, to be honest. (laughs) I believe that means that you have to read out Emma's response to that now. Oh, God. You're, You're now in charge of the New Zealand accents. If any correspondence comes in from there, that's what you have to do. Right, here we go, Emma. You ready? I know people from the UK are always saying they want our Prime Minister. I'm going to suggest Amy and Stewart's continued efforts aren't the right way to go about it. That changed to very cockney towards the end there. Yeah, it was very strange. Uh, When exactly will you be heading down to the New Zealand Embassy to offer your apology? I don't know. They need to apologise first for, I don't know, something for something for all those all those terrible things that new zealand <laughs> you know what i was just trying to think that i was like they'll have to apologize first for i uh, couldn't think of anything <laughs> i couldn't think of anything that new zealand has done good or yeah, bad for being irrelevant uh, yeah <laughs> if new zealand have done anything please let us know in the usual way yeah <laughs> now strangely amy uh, we've got an odd thing next which is we've received a radio transmission which is really kind of strange because we don't actually have any radio equipment so i don't know how it's 
how that's happened. So, uh, so here it is now. happening in East London, something, something big. I've heard there were people from all over meeting at the old Olympic Park, you remember, on May the 9th, some kind of zombies thing. They said it was a virtual thing organised by Max Carnage. Yeah, I know, I didn't believe the name either. Must be one of these post-apocalyptic nutcases. Look, anyway, I've heard there could be some pretty important people there, maybe even giving away some stuff. You know, so it's got to be worth it. Anyway, you can find out more on Rufflenet. And now... Uh, did you hear that? And because I don't know how to shoehorn this into the joke, you just have to go to zombiesvirtualrace.com or Rufflenet to find out more about that. But that was good, wasn't it? Amazing. On to tweets now. And the first one is from Moena at Moena Billum. How have I lived through so many terrible miles without running is BS? And she said she'll wear her buff every waking moment to make up for it. Yeah, do you think she's some kind of potential new running is BS never nude? When the never nude. Every waking moment does worry me a little bit. I know, it's a bit scary. That's like After a, a few days, <laughs> I don't want to be around her. No. I'll wear your buff every waking moment until my last breath. <laughs> i tell you what, after that long run a few days ago... I have never stunk so much after a run coming back on the train. It was properly nasty. I was just like a giant wet foot. And you only like. know when you're in that enclosed space and you're like, oh dear, this isn't good. Yeah, sorry about that. Everyone. And it was, yeah, because of the, the type of uh, environments I was running through as well, it's the only run I've ever done where I felt less healthy with every breath that I took. <laughs> it was so yeah. bad. It was so bad. <laughs> Well, that burning steel, whatever whatever gas is steel, give off. That's probably not good. Burning steel. Is that what steel. they do? Bur- burn they just, steel? Yeah. That's what it is, Amy. Yeah, that's, that's, it, yeah. <laughs> that's what they do in those places, just burn it. <laughs> Angela Foster Swales at Sparkly Ange. This episode helped me on my run commute this morning. Well, I say helped. It provided momentary distractions for my burning lungs and legs. I was inwardly crying when the traffic lights were green, so I had no reason to stop. Thank you so much, Angela, for telling us about the moment we provide a momentary distraction i mean it's the most we can hope for really isn't it yeah yeah i think that's sort of a metaphor for life isn't it yeah i was inwardly crying when the traffic lights were so green that i had no reason to stop yeah i feel like that a lot in life (laughs) sometimes the traffic lights are metaphorical (laughs) right moving on matt barton at matt barton underscore stewart's suffolk uh, in the latest pod is one of the finest moments in bullshit broadcast history suffolk is unironically bullshit i stand by my ugh. i've never been so i wouldn't know i uh, just presume it's shit uh have we got some facebook messages amy we do the first one is from rachel bentley Running through a field with cows is bullshit, oh god. Especially when they want to join you for a run. Shocked, scared emoji. No photo, is too scared to stop and get my phone out to take a photo. Probably good. Had to jump a fence and detour my long run. Only then to come across this field and a sign. And it says, beware of the bull. 
Jesus. And how does this story end, Rachel? I hope, I hope you weren't doing this as you saw the sign and decided to go on and that's the last we'll ever hear from her. That is out of the cow frying pan and into the bullfire, as you might it say. Is. But you shouldn't it say because that's a really bad mix of a metaphor. <laughs> I hope you're okay, Rachel. Please mark yourself safe on Facebook so we know you escaped the bull. <laughs> James Smith says getting a puncture on the way to Run Club last week was definitely bullshit. And I left this in because I've had that twice now. I tried to go to Park Run last week, got a puncture after a mile, tried to go to Run Club the other week and got a puncture after about a mile and a half. So You know what could be worse is having your having your bike nicked while you're at Run Club. It didn't happen to me, but I know it's happened to a lot of people. Yeah, well, that's what you get. I actually know someone who, uh, Rich in our club, who had his back tyre stolen. Or sorry, just the back wheel stolen. That's even worse to some degree, in a way. It's more frustrating. I'm kind of impressed, though, because when I turn my bike upside down to take the wheel off to do it, it takes me about five minutes. So someone's whipped a wheel off that quickly. I'm like, oh, good for you. That's quite that's quite skilled. Have it. Yeah, you deserve it. You weren't that. Good for them. <laughs> Ruth KP says, kicked my own ankle on a nine-mile run and a picture of a pretty gnarly bruise. I'm always doing stuff like that. Well, people know I'm always tripping over, but... Yeah, catching my own ankles, especially when you're tired towards the end of a run. Yeah, you often kind of finish with like muddy inside ankles where you've just brushed yourself. But she's given herself a decent kick there to get a bruise. Yeah, yeah. Very impressive self-inflicted bruise there. Ruth Roberts says, does taking a tumble during a 5k race at the end of week one of marathon training count? Yes, it does. That's bullshit. She said, (laughs) my partner in crime, Liz Reese, first offered to pause my Garmin like a true friend. And then she worried about London and then her new leggings and then if she was okay. I really do like her priorities. Yeah, I, they are pretty sound priorities. I mean, even if you end up in hospital, you need to make sure the garment is paused or else it's going to do the ambulance ride and that's going to be really fucking fast. I mean, you're going to get flagged as well. Yeah, you're going to get flagged for that. And if you're I'm going to be all over for a PB. I know, I know. So yeah, make sure the garment is paused. Yeah, if your friend goes down, pause the garment. Oh my God, what about London? Oh my God, how are you new leggings? You're all right. Just get that in eventually, just to look like you care. Exactly. We've had a Facebook message from James White saying, I've just discovered your excellent podcast and I'm working my way through the back catalogue. <laughs> and I'm working my way through the back catalogue. I love it. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Not sure if you've discussed this, but the most bullshit thing about races are the ones where you have that wannabe Mr. Motivator from the local gym doing the pre-race warm-up. Fuck off. I've already warmed up and now I'm stood freezing my gentleman's bits off whilst you are taking the runners through exercises that they don't want or need. Just piss off and start the race already. Wow, that's made me feel much better. A decent podcast and therapy in one. Cheers. Oh, yeah. It's often, though, I think it's smaller races, isn't it, that tend to have mm-hmm. that as some kind of fun thing for potentially new runners. Let's get you all warmed up. Come on, everyone. And there'll be six people at the front who are kind of into it, a couple hundred behind who are kind of waving their arms and don't really care because there isn't enough room. But, uh, yeah, I've ne- I think I've, I've... Perhaps I was thinking, have I ever done one of those warm-ups? I think perhaps I sort of did one on my very first run, like eight or nine years ago, but never since. No, and sometimes they're really sort of eccentric and and will probably take it out of you quite a bit. Sometimes I see people going ham on these warm-ups. I'm thinking, this isn't CrossFit. We're going to run a half marathon. Just take a chill pill. Maybe do a few strides or a little jog if you want to warm up, but not be like doing star jumps and all that shit. Did you say going ham? 
Yeah, going ham, you know, going balls to the wall with it. Is that a phrase? Yeah, going ham. Yeah, go together with the kids. You're going ham. (laughs) Okay, that's Amy. Amy's going ham. Well, this episode is brought to you by you. Thank you very much. And a huge thank you to our $5 Patreons. They are the exuberant and humorous Clark Gilmore, the fearless and modest Hugh Phillips, the plucky and charming Kirk Shepard, the convivial and inventive Nicky Jones, the overly affectionate and courageous Jay, the pioneering and resourceful Nicky Genders, and the amicable and bold Rob Smith. Thank you all very much. And then for the cheapskates, only giving us $1... Angela, Ben, Liz, Francis, Harry, John, Jonathan, Chris, Matthew, Matt C, Matt G, Matt H, Moena, Rich and Steph. Amy, stop calling the Patreons cheapskates. (laughs) Okay, they know they're cheapskates anyway. They don't even get a last name. I'm super excited now. (laughs) It's going to happen. You've teased this. It now has to happen. This is thanks to Patreon. Okay, I had 10 minutes to prep. And this is what I did with those 10 minutes. And I just want to say, move over Stormzy. Okay. Why ready? is he in the way? Okay. He's going to be in the way when I'm up there at Glasgow, headlining just Glasgow. Go so, okay. You have to put a sick beat behind this. Oh, yeah. Right. This is the news about those who run. Get ready because this is the starting gun. We scoured the net for the latest bullshit and we'll comment on it with style and wit. This is the podcast that does it all. It's the Guardian meets Runner's World. Oh my God, that was actually good. <laughs> Jesus like Christ. you like around all and world? Yeah, I, I <laughs> do, absolutely. It's all about the way you pull it off. I, that, was, that was actually okay. That's what you get for, what is it, $30? Was it $30? I mean, that's, that? that's worth it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, if you want more of that, you've got to pay up though. I don't know how to recover from that, wow. <laughs> Whew. Okay, well, thank you very much, Amy. You all thought I was shit, and then I come out with that freestyle. Well, it wasn't a freestyle. I was reading it off my phone, but... A man in Charleston has set a new world marathon record by using an exoskeleton. And when I first read this, I thought it was going to be he's run a marathon in like 26 minutes or something like that. But that's because I read too much sci-fi. Adam Gorlitsky was told he'd never walk again 14 years ago, but completed his first marathon in 33 hours and 16 minutes. He's done around 50 races... Uh, already but they're mostly 5 and 10k but he had his heart set on the marathon he started late the night before going at about 60 minute mile pace and stopped every few hours to change his batteries in that time he didn't sleep and didn't stop for more than an hour the day after just for bants he did a beer mile uh, that his charity hosts and you can find out more about adam at igotlegs.org that's mad. Like, so he's doing it. So was he averaging sixty-minute miles? Did he yes, do it for... that was his target pace. Jeez, to be out for that long. Yeah. Doing that. And he said he was begging for the wheelchair at the end because his hands and wrists were kind of on these kind of crutches to take in a lot of his weight. But also, this exoskeleton was kind of moving his legs for him, and he it was just mm. absolutely knackered. But then he went and did a beer mile just for a laugh. God, maybe you need to charge his batteries up a bit more to get a sort of. A PB. Yeah, but think how heavy batteries are as well. <laughs> uh, I was imagining some sort of wrong trouser situation from Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of want to see a clip of him with that music, but over the top. Yeah, just like rather than just along the streets, just up the side of buildings and town, <laughs> nothing getting in his way. That that's immense. Like twenty six hours on your feet. That's mad. Amazing. Well, thirty three hours. Thirty three hours. Oh yeah, it was a total of thirty three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So it was more than six minute miles. Yeah, the previous record was 36 uh, hours. But it's one of these records, Mm. I guess, is just going to come down and down as exoskeleton technology gets better. It's going to start, I don't know. I I guess at some point there's going to be an interesting point where exoskeletons will be better than people. I imagine that's a fairly long way off, but that's another thing for the IAAF to deal with. So we've had a few stories now over the last few weeks about suspicious people at marathons and half marathons. Suspicious, sneaky people. So armed police rushed to Bournemouth University, which went into lockdown last week after a runner wearing a race vest was mistaken for a suicide bomber. After 30 minutes, the police released a statement saying there was no further cause for concern or threat to the public. How does this happen? How does a... I don't understand. Now, I'm not familiar with, you know, a suicide bomber vest. They don't look like racing vests. They look like they've got wires all hanging out of them and they're quite bulky. Yeah, I I can't decide if this is funny or not. Because it kind of is, but it's obviously a very serious situation. Like, people were genuinely scared because obviously then Mm. people just start making stuff up and there are rumours flying around. But to see someone wearing like a running backpack and think it was a suit and actually call the police. Yeah. I mean, they must have felt like such dicks. Yeah. Some people are just really twitchy about this sort of stuff. And you can understand why. I remember when, um, not running related, but when there was a car parked somewhere it shouldn't be and all my work was evacuated and people were panicking. It shut down a whole section of Newport. But like, it's just somebody in a running vest. I don't understand how, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, as if there wasn't enough to worry about on your run. Perhaps you might put a whole university into lockdown now. Or get shot. They could have taken him out. Yeah. Next up, Colombian runner Jamie Alejandro has been ditched by Under Armour after kicking a dog during a 15k race. Um, he was, however, quick to unreservedly apologise, and he didn't offer any excuses why he did it. He just said it was just something stupid that he did and apologised. Uh, he said he would work to repay what he had done in some way, but he wouldn't be posting details about it on social media. Um, I've seen the video, and it's like up a, uh, an uphill section, I think, in Colombia in a street somewhere. And it's him and two other guys, and this dog just kind of... It's running with him a bit and then kind of goes in front of him. And I think it's just one of those snap things. And he just boots this dog out of the way. The dog seems to be absolutely fine. It carries on running. But it's, yeah, it's quite aggressive. And he did say, look, I I think he accepted he's an aggressive runner. And he just kind of snapped a bit. But, oh, that's really dumb. That's not how you win people over, kicking dogs, is it? No, no. But, I, you know, I don't want to do that thing of just saying he's the worst person ever. He's a terrible man because, you know, it's just a one-off thing and... People on social media like to be entirely polarised about these things, but he does seem to be genuinely apologetic for it, at least. So, you know, please don't kick dogs. Yeah, if you don't particularly like dogs or are a bit scared of them, then in that moment you may have been a bit fearful, I don't know, and wanted to get it away from you, but... <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a great video. No. <laughs> at the recent Gloucester Marathon and 50k, around 15 runners were sent the wrong way, meaning the wrong runner was awarded first place before the error was identified. The racers blamed a company they paid to provide accredited marshals, who were apparently fully briefed, but gave the wrong directions when runners came to the end of what should have been their final loop. Yeah, it's oh. a really odd course. This is why I looked at the website, and I think for the Marathon 50k are kind of similar. You do two small loops, and then there's a, like a mile link, and then you do four big loops outside of the town, and then you that's go back. That's asking for trouble. Yeah, that's and I'm just like, for trouble. Gloucester, you have to admit, you don't have room for a marathon. If you have to do two loops, a link, and then four loops, and then back, just you you don't have room for a marathon. 
That's not how they're supposed to work. And a 50k as well, doing the same kind of thing. Who wants to run a looped 50k in the streets? That's awful. That's bizarre, actually, yeah. I've never heard of a street 50k. No, no. No, I don't understand. And so people just end up doing uh, the wrong number of loops. And one woman was disqualified from the 50k because she didn't do enough loops. So we don't know if she went the wrong way or just miscounted. But again, you don't want to ask runners to count or think while they're running. No, you can't be, if you're doing even a marathon, you can't be counting loops, really. If it's more than two, you can't be counting them. Yeah, what I did like on the website as well is they said that the course is entirely on closed roads, apart from two sections. Like, that, that's not <laughs> so, entirely closed then, is it? That's mostly no. closed roads. Entirely no, closed, <laughs> apart from the bits that aren't closed. And if it's loops, that's not many closed roads, is it? No, no it's not great, no. Our guest this week is Maud Hodson, and we recorded this a few weeks ago, but it's very relevant because we've just had the South East England cross-country championships and there's been a lot of stuff in the media recently about cross-country and the run equal campaign which wants men and women to run an equal distance and we'll let Maud tell you all about that before we do that I just want to say because I am on the committee of a running club so I just want to say that any views on cross-country and other leagues and things in this interview is entirely my own opinion and not that of my club or anything else so here we go Our guest today runs a campaign that we first heard of from a previous guest, Tom Fairbrother, who highlighted the discrepancy between men and women's running, specifically in cross-country. Maud Hodson and the Run Equal campaign are all about trying to close that gap. So, hello Maud, welcome to Running is Bullshit, thanks for coming on. Hi Stuart, thanks for having me. No problem at all. So, uh, Run Equal is something we've mentioned a few times, and the kind of the... uh, those issues with cross country was something we've mentioned but in your words you know as the person who's uh, running this campaign what's it all about well for a start i wouldn't say i'm actually running the campaign because mm. we we don't we don't really have leaders you know we're, we're just you know a fairly loose association of people who are working towards the same thing okay so what we're all about is probably lots of your listeners if they don't run cross country themselves they might not even know that this still exists in the 21st century that there are races where the men are running a lot further than the women like often 50 percent further you know sometimes nearly double and i i had no idea until i joined a running club because cross country is pretty much exclusively a club sport Mm. if you're not in a running club you're probably not doing it so i joined a running club Back in 2013, I'm a member of East London Runners, which is a fantastic club. I've got to get a shout in for them. And so I started taking part in these competitions. And I was really surprised to find that the races for women were much shorter. And for the first couple of years, I just sort of sat around waiting and hoped that it would be all sorted out for next year. And it wasn't. So we thought... There's no point us just sitting here and whinging to each other over a pint after a club run. That's not going to change anything. So we started to write to the organisers of these competitions. We started to contact newspapers and television and try to get some coverage for it. So what are the reasons that cross-country is still unequal? I say still, I think that's, it feels like something that's just, is it just something that's been around forever and it's just the way it is? Well, it seems to have got stuck in a bit of a time warp, really, compared Mm. to road running and track running which you know in each of those disciplines there's been you know a move towards equality it used Mm -hmm. to be that in the olympics the women couldn't run further than i think 800 meters and then catherine switzer famously campaigned to get the marathon included Mm -hmm. which for some reason was in the olympics before even the 5,000 10,000 meters Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, now women run the marathon, we take it for granted, you know, why wouldn't we? We don't have to run shorter marathons because we're women. It is really strange. I think it's only the sprint hurdles is probably the only other distance and the only other discipline where it's unequal. And there's really nothing else. There's a little bit more logic behind that. The the reasons I'm told is, I mean, it's not something I've ever been involved with, is it's due to women not being quite so tall and the stride length being shorter, Mm. which is why it's 100 rather than 110 but you know, that's a tiny distance compared to, you know, the English National Championships, for instance. Women run 8K, men run 12K, which is quite typical. And I think I saw one earlier that's women run 8K and the men run 15K. That's at the Southern National Championships, which ha- is taking place in a couple of weeks' time in wow. London. That's incredible. Yeah. So how, how many races do you kind of roughly know what proportion are running unequally? Well, you know, it's hard to know because the you know the structure of cross country running is quite complex. You know, you've got in, you've got the world championships, which is equal for senior athletes but not for junior athletes, and then you've got the Europeans, which is not equal for anyone, and then within the UK, you've got the the, the Scots are ahead of the game on this. The Scots have got an equal distance championship for all age groups, so they're ahead of the world champs. Um, but in England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. We don't have equal at the mm. national championships. Then you've got the regional championships, like the one you were talking about, the South of England, mm-hmm. which is a, a bit of history. I think they all used to be 15 for men and 12 for women. And then the Midlands and the North went to 12, but the Southerns have got stuck at 15. And then the next level down that in terms of championships is the county championships and this is where we've started to see some progress in England. Last season we had I think just two country counties running equal which were Essex and Suffolk and this season we've seen quite a few more joining them and in addition to the championships you've got leagues you've got you know local and regional leagues so there's, there's loads and loads of different competitions. Yeah there is actually loads of cross country going on once you start to see it. Um, perhaps to ask kind of the early dumb question here is like why should it be equal why do you think those distances should be equal well you know I think we should be asking that question the other way around as a, why wouldn't it be you know yeah. we don't have short marathons for women we don't have short 10ks for women we don't have short 100 meters for women women are not quite as fast as men you know at whatever the distance you know, men are roughly 10 percent quicker but they absolutely don't lack for endurance, you know, and possibly the longer the race is, the more the women come into their own. Yeah, uh, and there's been some great uh, news about that recently as well, some good uh, articles about that. And it's always something we're interested in looking at because it's kind of really, really fascinating. So what does Run Equal do? What do you, your, um, your loose collection of people uh, running the campaign, what support do you offer? What we really are is a network of people where we can get our ideas together, share our ideas and, you know, support each other and... The way we try to work is, for a start, we get people talking about it, you know, which is great. So it's lovely to be on here and get that message across. And we want to work with the organisers of these competitions. You know, we we like to talk to them. We like to offer our help. We like to offer suggestions as to how we might change things. And, you know, we like to support you know people all around the countries who are doing the same thing. OK, because, you know, perhaps here you are preaching to the converted a little bit, which is probably, I know, a lot of time when you talk about equality, that's kind of what you end up doing. But I think what's useful is to give people more information about, because people may support you, 
um, but they might not know how to uh, go about making change. So what kind of changes can people make and how do you suggest they go about it? Well, if you're in a running club, which you probably are if you're running cross-country, <laughs> if your club takes part in leagues or championships which aren't equal, then make sure you or somebody from your club goes to the AGMs for those le- leagues and puts the point across yeah, because that's where the decisions are made. They'll be yeah. at, at the meetings and AGMs. So make sure you're well represented. Talk to people in other clubs who take part in the same competitions. Share your ideas with them and make sure you're represented. The decisions aren't made behind your back. And one thing we do at the events, we have little green and purple ribbons, which, you know, lots of we just make them at home. It's like cottage industry. You know, you sit there with a glass of wine in one hand as bits of ribbon. And we wear these in because... It shows your support for equal distances and it gets people talking because if somebody doesn't know what it is and they come and ask me, then that's great. I can have this conversation with them. Yeah, I saw some of those at the last uh, race that I did and I'll definitely be trying to get some for next time and making sure uh, other people I'm running with are wearing them as well because we've not had a great reception when we've brought it up at our own one. So as, as you know, you said, we will be going to the AGM to try and push that forward a little bit more. Uh, what kind of excuses do you hear? What are the kind of typical things and the arguments that you come across uh, against this? Well, there are quite a few of them, and mostly they can be unpicked fairly easily. I mean, some people will just say, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, you know, I think it is broke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I think it does need fixing. And and it's not just for, you know, middle-aged women like me, you know. what You know, it's... It's for the next generation, really, that we need to get this sorted out. So boys and girls growing up, if I had a daughter, I wouldn't want her looking at the boys running further and thinking, well, why can't I do that? You know, are they stronger than me? Sports should be a can-do activity. You know, it should be making us, you know, it should be empowering people, not go and do this, but, you know, not too much, not as much as the boys. So, you know, it's really important for the sake of the next generations because... Otherwise, you know, athletics is competing with so many other sports to get, you know, the best young talent coming in. If they think that we're still sort of in the 1950s, they're going to turn the other way. You know, like women's football is doing brilliant things at the moment. Yeah. It's a really exciting time for them. Why would a girl do cross country when she can play football? So, you know, we've got to keep ourselves relevant. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've seen quite a few things where people say uh, women don't want to run further or men are perfectly happy running the further distance. I mean, that's also a really bad argument isn't it well i mean for a start you know you can't sort of say blankly say women don't want this or men don't want that because it's not as simple as that some people i just would you know change is difficult you know if you're used to doing something one way it's uncomfortable sometimes and you know if someone if you're very successful at shorter races you might not want to to change that when we talk about you know running further or running shorter we're almost looking down the wrong end of the tele- telescope. It's not about how far we run. It's about that we run the same. You know, I couldn't care less whether I'm running 4K or 15K as long as as long as long it's not because of my gender. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're not the run longer campaign. We're the run equal campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think if you ask any runner, p- pretty much at any stage, would you like to run further? They're going to say, no, of course I don't. Because, no, because running's hard. Yeah, and runners are lazy fundamentally. We, you know, we love yeah. doing it, but we don't yeah. want to do it all the time. We don't want to do it yeah. that much. And we can't wait for the finish line. There's been some really sort of flawed cons- consultations on this. Like yes. there was one recently in Cambridgeshire where the women runners were asked to vote just when they finished their race for whether they would like to run the same distance or like 50% further. And 
you know, you know what you feel like when you're on the finish line. Oh, you're God. gasping for breath. You're so glad it's over. You know, you're quite pleased with how you did, probably. But it's completely the wrong time to say, you know, Stuart, you've just run a marathon. Would you like to go out and run another couple of miles? You know, what you said would probably not be broadcastable. Yeah, well, with us it is, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> and I also think that's potentially the asking the question wrong. If you, if you ask someone, do you want to run longer? No, of course not. Do you no. think men and women should run equally? That's a much more... Uh, neutral question absolutely the vast majority of people will say well yes why not yeah so you know the question should be first you know are we all going to run the same and once we've agreed on that then we can work out what the distance should be for each competition which will depend on all sorts of things but you know that's details you know we've got to get the principles right first yeah i believe your website you've got some templates on there that clubs can use and i think they say in there as part of something to say to your leagues and uh, committees that organise these races, is that we don't want to dictate how you do it. We're very happy to leave that to you and support however we can. It's just the principle that you want to support. That is exactly the right right idea. And obviously, we're happy to you know support, advise, you know, throw in some ideas. But fundamentally, that's up to them. It's their race. Um, so, how can people find out more about Run Equal, and where would they get some of this advice from? Okay, well, we have a Facebook group, which is called Run Equal. You'll find that mm-hmm. easily enough. We have a website, which is runequal.org. And we have a Twitter account, which is at run underscore equal. So, you know, come and find us on any of those places. If you go to the website, it's got links to the other stuff. And, you know, join the Facebook group, then you can share ideas with other campaigners, follow us on Twitter, share your stories with us. And, you know, we love to give a shout out to events that are getting it right. You know, that's yes. that's just about our favourite thing because, you know, it's exhausting complaining about stuff that's wrong. And it's really lovely when, 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 when the change is made to, to be able to celebrate that. Yeah, and it's kind of, it's offering an incentive then, isn't it? Of like, look at the publicity you can get by making a positive change, which means you get to be positive and not just seen as, as you know, yeah. as you said, like middle-aged women complaining about things. <laughs> Definitely. And, and, you know, once you get it straight, once you get the distances even, then we can all just get on with the racing, which is, you know, that's what we want to be talking about. Yeah. And you know, I hope that, you know, in five years' time, you know, maybe... Even shorter than that, but you know, at least in ten years' time, I hope we will look back on this conversation and think, "I'm glad that's over with. Now we can just go to cross country, have a good run, a good swear, eat some cake, and all go home, get showered, and that's it." Yeah, absolutely. So the question we ask all of our guests is, uh, "What to you, Maud, is the most bullshit thing about running?" In a way, a similar sort of idea. You know, it's it's about women not being treated equally, but. How often do you finish a race and you get handed your race T-shirt and you look at the label, it actually says men's. And, it, you know, it's supposedly a unisex T-shirt, but you know, can you imagine, Stuart, you've won your marathon, you've won a great, you've won a PB, you're really proud of it, you want to wear that shirt everywhere. And you're handed the shirt, you look at the label, it says women's. And you put it on and it's, you know, a little bit too short for you and it's, you know, it's a bit baggy round the chest, a bit tight round the waist. And you think, oh, I would have loved to wear that shirt, but... I look a bit shit in it. But but it's unisex, so it's fine. <laughs> Some of them actually say men's in the label, honestly. Yeah, the, the one I got in Manchester last year actually says men's, and the one oh. from London also did. From London as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I did London, I think, the year before last. Yeah, it actually said men's in the label. 
I mean, at London and Manchester marathon level, there's really no excuse for that at all. There's no there? excuse. And actually, often it's the smaller events that are getting this right. You know, I've, yeah. I've got a couple of women's T-shirts from the last year. That makes four in total of all the races I've ever run. And I've done a lot of races. And you know, often it's like really small companies that are run by you know, a couple of people and a dog. And they just take the trouble to get the details right. So, yeah, there's, there's no excuse for the you know, big city marathons. No, none at all. Yeah, I'd love these square T-shirts we get after um, after big races. And there's something um, you also mentioned before we um, started recording here is that you've got two cross-country races this weekend. Yeah, I know. I've I've overloaded myself a bit this season because my club takes part in two winter leagues, and I've added a third, which is the Met League <laughs> in London, which is what you're one of the sort of biggest league cross-country things. The reason for that is that the Met League for the first year you know, initially for a trial season has introduced equal racing for men and women. It used to be 8K for men and six for women, and now everybody's doing seven or eight. And I think that's fantastic. And, I, you know, I'm putting my money where my mouth is, basically. So I've, yep. I've joined Woodford Green as, as a second claim runner, so I'm running for them in the Met League. You know, again, you know, we love to celebrate events that are getting it right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we know we've done so here as well. But that just means you have to run three cross-country leagues this season. I thought me running just five races was bad enough, but you're doing three whole leagues. Yeah, I'm doing, three, I'm, I'm doing six races in January with cross-country and other stuff. <laughs> in January? That's not right at all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> OK, um, well, thank you very much, Woody. If you just give us those contact details once again, just so people can look you up. Sure, I will do. So the website is runequal.org. The Facebook group is called Run Equal, that's without a space. And the Twitter account is run underscore equal. That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining us and good luck in your running. My pleasure. Thanks, Stuart. Lovely to talk. And there has been some great coverage of this in the Daily Daily Telegraph, as well as Women's Running UK magazine, who are big supporters of the Run Equal campaign. And I would advise anyone to go into the Run Equal group on Facebook. There's loads and loads of stuff on there and really good ways you can show your support. Yeah, and we also asked for your other cross-country related bullshit, and of course you duly obliged. And we had Melanie Bath who said, I did cross-country a few weekends ago at Betley Farm in Staffordshire. Necked a large, brackets very large, Sambuca just before the start, and was delighted to see one of my fellow club runners at the halfway point with another, even larger measure for me. Proper sweated during that second half, came third to last, didn't puke though. Legend. Not that I want to promote uh, drinking and running, but Melanie, you're a solid legend. <laughs> I didn't think this was the sort of thing that went down across country. <laughs> I don't think it generally does. I haven't seen it so far, but that's amazing. Sambuca and cross country. Gareth John Jenkins, great name, says the most recent West Glamorgan cross country fixture probably deserves a mention for the most bullshit cross country course. It's two laps around a reservoir near Tata Steel. All on tarmac. That's not cross country. -country. No. (laughs) I mean, very simply, I'm not an expert, but that's not cross country. No. What? So, did people turn up with cross country with with like spikes in? What? I really hope not, because they would have ruined them. (laughs) But I've heard someone else say that as well. Another course uh, someone's mentioned before as well is a tarmac course, like the paths around the edge of the park. Like this, it's a very basic misunderstanding there. Well, if you can see some grass and some mud, maybe, you know, that qualifies it as cross-country. If it, it's do. just in eyesight. 
Ian Deslow said, I think the last time I did cross country, I was 12 and I came in at 72nd and got a certificate. I'm pretty sure it was the one and only time my PE teacher felt any compassion for me. No, Ian, I'm afraid you're wrong. PE teachers actually physically cannot feel compassion. So not quite. It's a requirement of the job. I, I love the fact he says, last time I did it, I was 12 and I came in at 72nd. Still know the position you came in at. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, he's got a certificate. He got a certificate. He's, I hope he still got it framed somewhere. Yeah, I, it's a classic <laughs> yeah. runner thing that even a race 20 years ago, they know where they finished. <laughs> exactly. That's his PB. <laughs> okay, so Alex Pereira at Alex Global Nut says, recently lost my shoes in the mud, eventually managed to pull them out and run 12 more miles at Benfleet 15 race. Pure bliss. But then the South of England Athletic Association tells me I can't run 15k at the champs at Parliament Hill while men can. Bullshit. Yeah, that's bullshit. (laughs) Don't even get me started. Don't get me started, Alex. Losing the shoes in the mud. Again, it's always funny. Classic. I I did that at a mud run before I lost my shoe and I couldn't undo the laces then. I think I've told this story before afterwards. When I finished, I had to get a St. John's ambulance lady to cut my laces off. (laughs) So (laughs) that was embarrassing. (laughs) Oh, but 12 miles in shoes that are completely soaked through in mud. That's gorgeous. Speaking of gorgeous, Nicola Kelly uh, managed the whole Thames Valley season with no injuries this winter. Almost. Last race, less than one kilometre to go to the finish. Nice wide, easy section of track, no mud, stacked it. Chipped a bone in my leg and I'm on a strictly low impact rehab regime, which sucks. Uh, Thumbs down emoji. Next season, I'm going to nail that last kilometre, crying with laughter emoji. And I imagine she was crying with just pain because she sent a lovely um, photo of her leg and it's a lovely bruise. It's kind of the whole height of her calf on the side. It's kind of purple and green and very blotchy and very impressive. It's like an impressionist painting, isn't it? It's beautiful. It is beautiful in, it, in its way. Chipping a bone. That makes me feel oh. funny just thinking about it. That's awful. Yeah. I mean, what do you do about that? Do they take the bit of bone out? Do they glue it back in? I don't really know. I'm not a doctor. Oh. I don't know. Just that's it then. It's just chipped in it. I suppose it depends how much you chip off of it. No. That's really gross. <laughs> that's really gross. Speaking of gross things, what are you up to next, Stuart? Well, I've got cross country, so I'm hoping it's on grass for a start. I'm hoping not to chip any bones. I'm hoping I get a certificate. That would be lovely. Um, i will not be drinking sambuca before or during the race as well so yeah we'll see how that goes it might be just very boring just a normal cross country without any alcohol or injuries sorry about that i'm doing cross country too but mine are going to be entirely on the paths around cardiff bay but it's still cross country right and it's not a race but it's a cross country race but it's not a race and it's not cross country I know, but there'll be other runners out running and i can see grass at some points on my route and maybe even a bit of mud if it's been raining Okay, um, you're not going to wear um, a running bag, though, are you? I'm not going to wear anything that anyone could think makes me a terrorist. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go near any universities just in case. So, do you, yeah. do you think they're having one of those like protein bars? There are protein bars called Grenade, aren't they? Perhaps they had a few <laughs> of those on. Perhaps they were chatting about those to someone, and someone overheard the wrong thing. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, very likely. Yeah. So if you want to get in contact with you, share some pictures of your chipped bones or whatever. Uh, you can tweet us at Running Is BS. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Running Is Bullshit. We can email us runningisbull at gmail.com. 
And to keep this bullshit going, please head to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit to support this podcast for as little as $1, which has got to be worth it. And if you give any more, you get stuff. If you give us $12, you get a buff. We've just had a delivery of buffs. You can get a buff very, very quickly and look gorgeous. And if it's $30, Amy will wrap more for you. Worth it. Yep, you know it. See you later, alligator. (laughs) Can you wrap again for us just to sign us off? I just did. See you later, alligator. Okay, fine. Did you say going ham?